All right, all right. I think, yep, sound should be here. Welcome, everyone. Um, super special episode today. I thought um, after the recent, let's say, couple months or so, uh, we were talking about, um, you know, changes that we didn't like all too much. But I think uh, in the history of this game, we also uh, we had some changes that were really good. And I would say also underrated, because a lot of times, at least in, I think, a lot of times good changes come into the game, but nobody really knows yet they're good, right? So nobody comes back and says, hey, by the way, it was like pretty nice that we got this. And everyone happens to, you know, take them for granted a little bit. So today, this is like, this episode is kind of dedicated to these changes, or dedicated to the devs that make these changes, to be quite honest because I think maybe they don't get the credit uh, they deserve uh, on, the, on the good stuff sometimes. So for those devs that are out there trying to make good changes, the, the guys that care, right? Uh, and for us, to be honest, I had a fun time making this list alone and talking to some guys leading up to this. Uh, so uh, it should be good fun talking uh, about like some good old school stuff or in general stuff. Uh, Maybe there's a really good change like recently that's on the list. So I asked um, I asked the guests today to at least have a top three of their most like favorite changes of all time. So when I personally think of that, it's more like um, so. First of all, it has to be good, but how impactful is it? And like also, but people might have their own criteria, right? And I think that comes probably down to like what they do in the game and uh, like who they are, right? Everyone has a bias. So um, let me give you guys a super um, quick introduction. Yeah, I put the sub sound off already. Sorry, I was a little late here. Um, but give me, let me give everyone a super. Uh, quick introduction here. All right, I also had to t turn off the the other sounds. Sorry. All right. So number one, Asia Elkin just recently got onto the CSM, um, and I think it's more than half a term, right? So it's not like you you're coming in for like the last week uh, to you know see what ha actually happened, right? But there's still some like good time left on the CSM. Um, you just barely didn't make it um, in the election, but Pickles dropped his um, seat and you picked it up. And uh, yeah, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. And oh, yeah, in terms of bias, I think last time you were on, which was like, Super surprising to too many, probably, and to me, like the role play aspect and stuff. I had like that perspective. I never heard it like that. So, like, I thought that was pretty pretty interesting. So maybe I don't know if there's gonna be a role play uh, change on your list, but you know, you definitely have a unique perspective, uh, which you know I always like. And then next one, everyone knows him, Suetonia. Big Eve streamer, uh, also CSM. How many terms? Like, I don't even know, five or so? 
four? No, I've, I've only done three. I did two. I did CSM 12 and 13. Then I didn't run for 14 and 15. And I ran recently for 16. So I've only been on three terms. Uh, so Suetonia, streamer, CSM, small scaler, but he, you know, you're also part of bigger fleets uh, here and there. So has been around for a long time. Uh, very much a theory crafter too. So uh, very knowledgeable. Also has been around for a long time. So when it comes to all the changes, that might just be, uh, you know, good. Uh, and then the next one, Wolf's Dragoon, uh, one of the main FCs in Volta. And he actually uh, jumped in on super short notice. Uh, so thanks for that. And uh, yeah, they're doing like mid-scale stuff. I think everyone is aware what Volta is doing. Um, Mid-scale, some large-scale stuff every now and then, but they also do some low, uh, you know, small-scale stuff, right? Yeah, we do it. We do a variety of things. Right now, we've been a little bit inactive, but we don't have to talk about why that is. But thanks for having me. All right. So who wants to make the, the first... Who thinks who has, like, the most surprising uh, point on the list... Like, who, who thinks you can really surprise with, like, one of the top changes that we don't have on the list, for sure? No, you think you guys, you think we I all think I've got agree? one that would probably be overlooked because so, it's been so long and uh, it's, it's, it's just, like, a given now. And I think that it would be, there used to be a time when both triage and siege was 10 minutes. And they reduced it to five minutes and simultaneously buffed dreads and like reworked some of them. And that was probably one of the like biggest, most like impactful changes at the time. Not so much these days, but at the time, just because it like the dreads were not used and then they suddenly were used for everything. Dread bombs became a thing right after that. And like the first like Titan died to like a Shadow Cartel dread bomb or something. Not first Titan ever, but like you know what I mean, to a dread bomb. Yeah. Um was that like all three edges though, right? I mean, I, yeah, that was you triage, triage, obviously, obviously. Yeah, ultra just was still a thing where you could uh, do uh, combat refitting and stuff like that effectively, and uh, it also reduced it from ten minutes to five minutes, which was which was huge. It also brought triage out a lot more, which was tons of fun in low sec where I was. I gotta say, I don't know what it would look like if it was a ten minutes uh, triage cycle um, or siege. Did they change both siege and triage? Yeah. Yeah, I think they did both. I, it's been a while, so I don't remember exactly, but I think it was both. And uh, yeah, and yeah, I think you would be pretty much dead all the time if, if it was like ten minutes. Like, just, yeah. especially because the jump ranges used to be better than two, right? You used to have way more. Yeah, and there was no, no fatigue or anything, right? So you no could fatigue. Yeah. You yeah. could do like five mids in five minutes or something ridiculous if you had like cap up archons ready. Yeah, those yeah. were the, those were the fucking crazy terms. Yeah, I yeah. Carriers and dreads dropped on everything because you could jump around so fast. And like I had a Titan dropped on me and the Tormentor and Faction Warfare. And yeah, supers moved around so so quick. So the guys that had yeah. the dominant super force on the server, really, right? We all know who that was. At the time, um, you know, they had Sinos everywhere. It wasn't hard to, for them to get to get around. You know, put a put a cap fit on there, and within ten minutes it can be anywhere. Really, five minutes not so much. Really, right. So yeah, I I agree. It was actually wasn't on the list, right? 
and I've got a long list here. Like, so we're gonna we're gonna go over the the changes we have on the top three, and then let's see what else I've got on the list after that. But yeah, I think everyone agrees that was a good change. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun. I mean, that brought out the age for me in Losek, where we had, um, like Shadows of the Federation, Shadow Cartel, and I was in Snuff at the time, and like we really started like tracking dreads were a thing too but there was a lot of um just i mean just suddenly all at once basically at the forefront everybody started using dreads and it was just tons of fun really good yeah. brawls yep definitely a good one uh how about Setonia? what's your number one uh my number one is probably the ret well i guess it's like kind of like a big thing but i have like the retribution expansion as like my number one thing and that was when they basically uh, rebalanced pretty much like every Taekwon frigate destroying cruiser. Before then, like almost like pretty much like any Yamaha ship that wasn't like a Harbinger was trash. Like everything below a Harbinger was like pure trash, basically. Like they just didn't have uh, cruisers, for example. And like the old uh, the old Omen used to have four turrets, and then the Mola used to have five turrets. So, but the the Omen had a, a damage bonus, and the Mola didn't. But every, but because the Mauler had a fifth turret, it just had the damage bonus of the Omen, so it was just better in every way. There was tons of examples like that. I and remember like, there was it, a mining ship before that, and then it became an actually good frigate. Yeah, uh, and like at least for I was already invested in like frigate PvP back then, and there was basically only like like the frigate tier list was basically like uh, five ships. It was like the best thing in the world was the Dramiel because it was overpowered then before they uh, fixed it in the Crucible expansion. And then you had, like, Tyrannus Slicer as, like, the number twos. And then every every and then you had, like, Rifter maybe as, like, number three. And then everything else was, like, pure trash beneath it. Or, like, that not was, worth the uh, price. That was my number one, too, actually. Because oh, really? I, was, I was Faction Warfare for years back then, and it changed how I played so much because all the frigates, destroyers, and cruisers suddenly became useful when there were, like, two of them that were useful before. It, like... You saw so many different kinds of ships, and you continue to see so many different kinds of ships today, just running around. And you can pretty much take any ship you, you like, like the theme of, and make it do something because it has a role now. Yeah, and mm. uh, this one also ties into like another one I have, kind of, and that's uh, Tiracide as well, kind of with the ships, right? The way the ships used to be balanced is that there was like different, like, like you'd go up tiers. So, like, obviously, like a Harbinger would be way better than a Prophecy. Uh, all the time, like a you know, Myrmidon was just a better Brutix most of the time. There was a few examples where it was like a little bit different because of like the role that they had. But uh, you know, back then, for example, like an Atron had like two lows, two mids. It was trash. Like the only reason to find Atron is because you didn't have enough money to buy any curses. Or right. you know, the only reason why you'd ever fly like a, a Tormento is because you couldn't afford a, a Punisher or not a Tormento. Back then, it was the Inquisitor was like a missile. Yeah, Inquisitor had you know what? I do have that change on my list, but very far at the bottom. I I think I underestimated the impact it had actually, because also that was at a time. Um, I might not, like, I wasn't too involved in like Tech One Cruiser frigate and stuff. Like, I, I don't know what time that actually was. Was it 2010, 11, 12 or something? I think it was like 2012, 2011. I have to check. Yeah. It. it was like the end of 2012, like like December, I think. Hmm. All right, yeah. Un underrated change, probably. And uh, yes, I'm surprised you both got it on like the number one slot. What uh, What do you got on uh, on number two? Oh, actually, 
What, what you want to say? So, that was going to be one of mine, but I'll, I'll have to change it now. But that was definitely going to be one. My, um, my number two is ACL bookmarks. Mm. So like as somebody who most of my operations are a lot of small groups working together, the ACL bookmark change, like just renovated every, like what I could do. Like back then, if you wanted to pass bookmarks to people in different groups, or even within your own alliance, you had to like save them as physical objects and make a copy for like every individual group to put into their bookmarks. And you only had your one court bookmark folder. And um, it was kind of awful. Now you can have like bookmarks for each like sub group of groups that you're in. Uh, like, so if you like run public fleets or if you have like, different coalitions you work with for different things you it's it's just like the greatest change in the world for me so yeah you could even go further back right and say court bookmarks because uh uh they were a huge change right i'm sure uh, it was like a pain probably especially for uh fcs or people running specific comps like sniper battleship comps where like every single person had to have uh, like a sniper bookmark yeah, or something yeah, yeah. and you had to trade them and stuff I mean, yeah, you have to make like 200 copies of it and then trade it to like everyone in your I alliance. mean, if you go back far enough, everybody needed warp to zero bookmarks of the gates they use. It's, it's, <laughs> that's on my list too. Warp to yeah, zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could not warp to zero to gates. Just imagine, right? And then I think the bookmark thing is a, is a good, like, good point in terms of like what we take for granted. Because you went only one step back, but Suetonia is like, but you remember there's an, another step that we already forgot. Which is the like, yeah. we didn't have any bookmark folders. Now we have ACL bookmark folders. But what I want to say is, I, I do believe it's a net positive, that change. But I think there's also a, a negative part to it, which is it enables also big groups to work together super easily and stuff, right? I see that all the time, obviously. Um, so, you know, it, it's not all perfectly, like maybe having a smaller tight-knit group you know you had more of an advantage with the old bookmark system but i don't know i don't know i think i wouldn't i wouldn't want to miss this change that's for sure right so i'm just saying there's always like there's always uh, like at least this uh, a part where it's, you know can also like have a negative impact but yeah that, i think that's a good one actually uh, yeah it lets everybody pretty much work together more easily but i feel like smaller groups depend more on working together with other groups than bigger groups do obviously they can work together and then become like super group right but and i tell you what i didn't even say my number one but it leads perfectly to my number one change which is straight up wormholes like there used to be no wormholes at all in this game and then one day they got introduced but sure with a different vision of what they became uh, but we got wormholes and uh you know, and enabled so many things, right? You could gave, get from uh, A to B uh, with the shortcuts. You could live in there. Like after a while, people figured out, hmm, actually, it's not too bad to live in here full time. Uh, and then what it became now, right? Um, I think that was like one of the most impact impactful changes overall. Um, yeah, the bookmark part, right? And that was a big, big uh, part of that too. Right? Yeah, wormholes are amazing just for 
moving around, like even if you don't live in a wormhole, if, if you plan not to live in a wormhole and not to go kill sleepers or anything like that, just being able to get from point A to point B or like I've used wormholes to like escape people pursuing me, jump in the wormhole and be gone, right? I like, use them all the time, obviously. So a lot of times, like when I'm doing a room, I'll filament out and I'll come back via a wormhole or like Thera, which is a wormhole, right? Um, and it just, if you know how to use wormholes, you are like way up here compared to somebody who has to walk the entire way because you can do all all sorts of like things where you come out of nowhere because of it. And, you know, Thera, you mentioned Thera, Thera should be like, maybe not on the top five of all time, but uh, somewhere on the list on really good changes too, right? It's like yeah. Yeah, interesting. Definitely up there. Yeah, I remember I got really excited. I was like, I was probably, I don't remember actually, but I probably tried to like figure out if we wanted to stage in there as in it, right? Because at the time we were probably doing something else. We weren't like all tied down in soft and stuff. And I'm like, dudes, so many connections. Look at this. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a yeah. time with there with uh, you know, with with mini caps out, many ways to play it, and Volta had their heyday, which I just barely missed. So I'll just kind of be envious of uh, Suetonia here. Yeah, it was great when we were killing like a super like almost every day. Yeah, I can never not keep ships in Thera. You yeah. ne you never know yeah. when you you're gonna need to ship somewhere hostile, and there'll be a Thera hole nearby. Like yeah. it happens so often. Yeah, yeah, it's something we all got um, ships in there. Yeah, it's something we still use. I mean, so many groups use it, right? We just don't stage there currently. But yeah, it's, it was a huge change. Very, very fun. Yeah. All right, number two for Setonia. What do you say? Well, this one might be a little bit controversial, oh, I guess. Like, but... I like it already. I'd say like uh, ESS for me. Number two, it's quite a quite a recent change. I like your right. yeah. I like him too, but I know they're controversial. I know there's people out there that really don't like him. Um, I, they have legit points, but yeah. honestly, my favorite part about the ESS is not even like going into the ESS and stealing the money. It's just having the dead space available to force a fight on where people can't warp to each other on the grid. Um, or or drop drop me with Sinos, right? Or yeah. combat probe me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Just because, like, I grew up fighting in faction warfare, like for my first like seven years of my playing the game, or or some seven years of me learning how to play the game, like two thousand two to two uh, two thousand twelve to two thousand nineteen or something like that. And you fight around these complexes that are dead space, so you learn how to fight in the dead space, um, and just having that available, like, oh, this group is way bigger than me. We can we can go here and force a fight on our terms. And it's it's just it's fantastic. I agree hundred percent exactly my point too, that it just gives FCs another tool and a, a powerful tool to, you know, make a fight happen that usually wouldn't happen, maybe, because um you know, you're not going to just web the fleet for the sake of it. I mean, depending on what it is, if you're flying tech one thrashers, you might as well. But if you're in something, uh, you know, a little expensive, at least you, uh, you would think about like ways to, to get the fight, but squeeze a little bit of an ex um, advantage out for your fleet. And that's one of the ways, yeah. Drifter Walmarts do the same thing, by the way, right? Drifter Walmarts are very different. 
you can't really light a sign or you can't bomb on that grid. If you bubble the beacon, people will land on zero on the beacon. Yes, there's you know there's other ways around this, but skills, skill and experience comes into play there way more, right? Suddenly, because you can you know use it to your advantage. Yeah, I 100% agree, right? But then also inside the ESS, that's probably what Suetonia is the bigger fan from uh, offering. Yeah, I was gonna say like uh, I've gotten like a ton more like fights with just like tech on cruises and stuff, just because uh, like you can actually impact people. Like a lot of the time, people there'll be like two Ishtars in like every other system, right? But they're just gonna dock up and stay perma docked while you're there, and they're never actually gonna form or do anything about you, especially if you're solo because they just don't really care, right? But uh, like forcing them to like actually have to like do something, it actually means that you can create pressure in. Like Taekwon cruises and like force fights and stuff. So, I mean, m most of the time you get like turbo blobbed with like marauders and recons, but you know, at least they have to do something. Yeah, and I kind of feel like it gives it gives players like a lot of options against you know when you think people are botting, you know that you know those kind of systems. You know, you can like just steal from the from the bots essentially, right? So, it it gives us like some like player agency in like dealing with people we think are botting too, even though I do think CSP's actually done a, a really good job recently with uh, like anti-botting measures since they did that Vegas 2019 presentation. I've seen so few, uh, so much fewer bots in space since then. Also, I think on the height of bots, it was like, we weren't talking about like some Isha bots or some Memelons. We were talking supers here. It used to be the case that you would see regions full of mixes botting. That used to be a thing. And that's yeah, did you see? Uh, I, I think was it Kids with Guns Alliance. I think they were test renters at the time. They lost nine nixes in a single day because uh, some some guy figured some wormholders figured out their like reset timer or something. No, wait, no, no, no. What happened there was man, they anchored a, a a bubble on their POS grid or something over a blue character. I don't know. I can't remember. But... Yeah, they figured out some trick, I think. But um, wasn't that like a change that came actually? Since we're talking about the best changes, there was something that happened. Or was it the local stuff? I forgot what it was. There was something. Uh, these guys just didn't pay attention to it. Or maybe, I don't know. Maybe they just figured out how the bots operated. Maybe you're right. And then just like bubbled the the beacon and he just didn't pay attention in those two three hours and then he lost all his yeah, they, they all died on next to towers so they uh yeah i guess they must have i guess they probably just put like a got a blue character to anchor a, a bubble or something on their pos grid from the yeah like direction of the anoms or something yeah i forgot what it was but yeah they had a trick and yeah <laughs> yeah it's very rare to find like uh bots now i think and like when you do find them if you report them you get an email normally within about a week before like i remember roaming some like you know regions like omist before mangoes were there and there would just be like four gilas in every single system a tower they would just instantly pause up same with the eyes and they, they were so obviously botting and it would take ccp probably like six to seven weeks to even ban them whereas now it seems like uh there's like far less like super obvious botting. Yeah. And now, like when you when you was when you do see it and you report it, like normally they get banned within like five or six days. Yeah, I think generally, it has uh, to do with like it, it's not as like it's not worth it really to bot. Like you get like a little isk probably, 
right? So there's less bots. If there's less bots, those, you know, those efforts to get the bots are focused on a smaller group, so they're going to be more successful, right? And uh, I think that all like plays together. So I think botting um, is not a is not a main major issue right now at the at, at the time we speak. Sure, there's bots out there, and you know it sucks, but um, I don't think they are like a, a, a major issue right now, which is nice. So, uh, all right. Another another change that I think we touched upon before the show: uh, removal of learning skills. Um, learning skills. So, for anybody unfamiliar with learning skills, um, when you've created a character, uh, you, you know how attributes work. Where like you have more of a tribute, you train faster. Back before learning skills were removed, you had to train these skills that basically increased these attributes basically so it was like if you don't train these first you just train slower there are skills that make you made you train faster in the attribute categories basically so new players would come in and they felt like they had to for like their first month train all these skills that just basically okay first month you can't play the game almost right um because if you don't train these skills first you just lose time basically and it, they added nothing to the game and they got removed and that was fantastic and i think it makes it way more accessible to new players yeah they're also on my list uh, pretty far up there i remember being that newbie who's like ah oh, should i skill for this ship now or should i first learn the learning skills on five learn how to learn yeah, like man, that that didn't feel good at all. Because you would always like if you then decide to skill into a ship, you would feel bad thinking shit. But long term, this is not the smartest move, right? You know how all the all the if online nerds are really right, min maxing and stuff. That doesn't really make sense. It's not logical, right? Yeah, but do you want to wait another two weeks to fly your favorite ship at max skills? I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's like so people were forced to make bad decisions right that's basically what it was yeah. it's just not good yeah and, and they weren't even selling sp at the time they weren't even sell selling injectors <laughs> they really missed out didn't they <laughs> and like it also ties into the the racial attribute changes uh back in the day where e each different race was locked to a certain set of attributes and like akura was just like way better than anybody else so like the galaxy was like half a Kura, which just um made no sense <laughs> yeah and it it kind of makes the galaxy more boring if everybody is the same cookie like the same race because just because of stat efficiency like we have a lot of really cool bloodlines in this game that have really cool themes and styles and aesthetics and everybody was just pushed to one of them because it was better to be um but now you get to individually set your attributes no matter what race you are uh so we have a lot more diversity in new eden you know i never i was never aware of like how that actually all worked i just know my character is like an akura and i've got two extra points that if i would do a remap i would have to you know overall remove two of my attribute points right 
that's all that's all i know so there's probably still a lot of characters out there that have that yeah so i never did a real yeah. remap ever <laughs> yeah because akura had like like two less charisma or something than the baseline that's why you have the two extra points Mm. Akuro is like the ugliest characters ever in the old in the old uh, character creator. So the, that that was how they were balanced, right? They were just like mega ugly. <laughs> it seems to be made the chariz- the charisma, you know, actually reflect in the in the character's appearance. Probably. All right. Well, and my second. I wanna I wanna say my second uh, point on the list. Also, another like far-reaching one, I think, is the warp speed. The warp speed changes, where they. Oh, I should be more accurate actually, saying the warp acceleration um, adjustment, because like before that patch, every ship accelerated into warp and to their top speed at the same speed or at the same rate, which then means. The actual warp speed accounted for like a way shorter time of travel than it does now, right? Where everyone like if you have 12 AU warp speed, well you're gonna accelerate onto that 12 AU uh, warp speed super quick too. But before that, you would just be all 3 AU acceleration and then your travel speed and then deceleration the same. So the actual difference between ships, uh, like different warp speeds, was just way less, and then. Um, the travel speed in general was just way up for smaller ships, uh, cruisers and below. Um, and I liked it a lot. I mean, I would have loved to see it actually speed up also for battleships and battle cruisers, to be quite honest. You know, I would love to see them say, okay, let's give them a, a, a little bit more speed. But I'm glad we got that patch, that's for sure. And it impacted everyone in all of the Yeah, that's everyone in every area of space from just people moving around to people who do a lot of combat where you often have to chase people into warp. Um, or if you're trying to like combat scan and, and warp to somebody and grab them, uh, how fast you warp often the difference is seconds between whether you grab them or not. So if you warp faster, if you get accelerate faster and warp uh, a lot more action happens, right? Yeah. When it comes to scepters, dictas and so on. Yep. They're just like so much faster. I remember when they first um, announced that patch or monster announced the changes, uh, there was a video out of like a scepter, what it would look like with the new changes. And they scaled it down a little bit from there. But man, that scepter like crossed the system so qu- quick and everyone's minds were blown. It was like, oh my God, insane. I remember. Yeah, I wish they raised the warp deacceleration cap. Right now it's uh, 6 AU a second. Like anything higher than 6 AU a second, it doesn't actually speed up like your like, like slowing down speed. Because oh. uh, CSP was worried, right? Because if you had like a super like high warp speed, you would like appear instantly next to them, like on their screen. Oh, you I know, didn't like, even know. If you like warp to someone in the anom or something, you just load the anom instantly and appear next to them on their screen. So <laughs> that's why they like put the uh, warp deacceleration cap thing in. <laughs> But I think they could they could definitely buff it, man. Like make it I twelve so a second. You know what? Especially, I mean, I'm not sure about the twelve a second and then the acceleration deceleration thing for scepters and stuff. Maybe it would be too quick. But I think the sweet spot is a little bit more on the speedy side, right? We're still a little bit too slow, especially battleships, battle cruisers. We're just like the travel speed is too slow. That's why you don't see them all that much. You don't see battle cruiser or yeah. battleship fleets. Yeah, I think getting them I places. Think battleships are actually 
back to what they used to be, right? Because uh, re- the retribution, the retribution expansion is when they did the warp speed changes. You know, best expansion ever. Just gonna put that out there again. Uh, but uh, every like ship basically used to warp at three AU a second, right? Except for like frigates, interceptors, and there was like some weird exceptions. Yeah. But now battleships warp at three AU a second again. So now they're back to where they used to be, like in the old days. But yeah, I I kind of wish CSP sped things up a little bit. Just because it makes like roaming and moving around a bit more, uh, you know, what? interesting. I, I think originally they had a mind that every ship would, um, a battleship would stay the same speed travel wise, and then every ship below would speed up. But then they decided, no, we go with cruisers, and cruisers maintained the actual speed, and then everything below cruisers would get faster, everything above cruisers would get slower. And I'm not sure if they ever changed that. To be honest, they might have. Yeah, they did. They did a few buffs, right? They like the back when they changed it. Battle cruisers warped to two point five, and then they buffed them to two point seven. I think they buffed destroyers, Tech One destroyers as well. At some point, maybe I'm no, I think I'm wrong on that. I think they buffed Tech One battle cruisers because of the like discrepancy between frigates and destroyers. Because destroyers used to warp, uh, warp to four point five, and frigates warped to five, but then cruisers warped at three, and battle cruisers used to warp at two point five. So they bumped them up to two point seven. So like. It will be the same as like the balance between destroyers and frigates because destroyers warp ten percent slower than frigates. So I just had a crazy idea, right? So technically, you could make the argument: the faster the ships warp and stuff or travel, the smaller the game kind of gets because you can get places in a you know in certain time frames. But what you know, it's like especially powerful if you don't have a shit ton of players in your area. You want to get somewhere else, you know. If it takes like an hour to get there, you're not gonna do it, right? So what if the warp speed depends on like the number of people in your region? You know what I mean? Or like something like that. If if you make it like flexible, right? So like a dead region, yeah, you can travel through there super fast. But if it's a if it's a busy uh, region, you're gonna have this normal warp speed. You know what I mean? It would be kind of change it. Funny. You could change it to be fleet fleet dependent, and that way uh, I can you, run away from block uh... more easily. <laughs> You need to do your, your uh, you know, your, your uh, mass on long range gun idea, Pando. Like warp, mm. speed, warp speed penalties on long range guns, warp speed buffs on short range guns. So then, you know, like some blaster guys can actually uh, warp faster than you and uh, like catch up to you, you know? You know, yeah. I mean, so I, I always said mass at the beginning, but obviously what I wanted was like a more of like a speed uh, penalty on long range guns. It's like. It doesn't have to be much, but make sure like a blaster board is faster than a railgun board. That's how you do it, right? But yeah, maybe the warp speed is the way to go then. It's not as impactful and, you know, you wouldn't have to worry too much that st- stuff gets like OP. But yeah, blaster boards, maybe they should be like way faster to warp around. And then, then you wait until the meta becomes like communion with like four artillery and one order kind of finish. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Well, obviously you would wait. make it, you get the penalty of like that one gun, right? You would say like short range guns don't get a, get a boost. I would say you would just give a penalty to the long range guns. So, you know, but, oh, makes sense. You can, these are good. Maybe these will be best changes ever in the future, Pando. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make another show at some point and say best future changes ever. Where we but just how predict long the future. This, how long of this show will be talking about citadels? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> it's gonna be like an hour and twenty of citadels, and then ten minutes of uh, you know 
stuff around citadels, I guess. Yeah. There's rumors out there they're looking at citadels. I'm just saying, but we're not going to talk about rumors. citadels today. We said yeah, we, said we wouldn't. You said guys, you weren't going to talk about it. Yeah. You said the first person to talk about it would be kicked. So. I, 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 I got to kick myself off the, off the podcast now. Yeah. I kind of baited you into it, though. So yeah. <laughs> it was it Antonio who said, uh, who said uh, citadels first. All right, who got a good number two or three or whatever? Uh, I haven't said my second yet, which is yeah. going to be probably not surprising at all, given I came from Losec, was in Snuffbox, and being in Volta, I was going to say just the introduction of Tech 3s, Tech 3 Cruisers. Fucking great. Mm. Great. Great set of ships. Really fun. Always had fun flying them. No matter how broken they were at various times, they were always a blast to fly. And uh, not so much now, but they were. <laughs> But, uh, I think they still have it was it wasn't as impactful like right on release they weren't that impactful and then they became uh super super impactful as people adopted them obviously right and trained into them because they couldn't be injected into it immediately but yeah as people picked them up they were they were huge they're so fun the fleet that... introduced with warmholds together is that what you yeah. said yeah so yeah you could put that together kind of in the combination i mean they were also the main reason people wanted to live in walmart space in the first place because it was worth it doing stuff there yeah and you know that lesson they kind of put that now onto parchment i feel like because now people are like yeah you can make isk in parchment so there is an incentive to do it and they fixed some of these issues that kept people from actually going there and now Potion's kind of picking up, right? So uh, that's, by the way, like an, another episode in the coming weeks that I'm looking at, like a Potion episode. Because I don't know shit about Potion, to be quite honest. So i got to, you know, figure it out. That war last year in Potion honestly had some of my best fights ever. Um, that big war uh, that happened in the middle of last year. So there was like the war during the... Uh, the big uh, Nulseg war. There was a war in Portland yeah. going on too, and people just didn't pay too much attention to and it. That, that started out of our peers shooting each other. And that might be the reason why it was so good, because all the big guys were all busy doing other shit. You know, and you guys, like, with smaller groups, had, like, more of your own little war going on. Right? Sorry, your mic is not activated. Sorry, it saw some pretty big battles. Like the last one had at least like six, seven hundred people in it. The, the biggest one, which was the uh, the destruction of the Asbel in Wereshoda. So, like, there are some really popping fights. I think like the best part about the fights is that there were no no capital ships, because only the caps that existed in the previous little sub systems exist in Pochman, and most of the, Never the systems that were fought in were previously high sec. So there's no capital ships in any of those systems. Yeah, and there's like um, there might be a handful of capitals out there, but nobody really uses them, right? Because like the value of them That's is true. insane. Oh, really? They still they have in some of yeah. the uh, Citadel in yeah. defenses in Nivula, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, some yeah, people so use Titans there because you can't get scouted. You could, it's like a lot harder to pre-scout you there, right? Because there's no local, so like you can do blobs and like well, uh, Titan bridges from yeah, you can bridge uh, out. You can bridge out without like showing your hand, basically, right? Because it's kind of hidden. People don't really see it unless they're in mm. Portland. Yeah, I mean, it shows up on the map, right? I know we've looked at Portland before to bridge stuff out of and to do stuff. 
you basically if you're on the time like people can't see it on the map it's rare that people do check the map nowadays though because right? internet yeah, is usually and, uh, important. and no local too right so they can't just see oh uh, you know panda's bridging character is here maybe yeah, i should yeah. say something in intel you know they, yeah. they don't see it unless they're like actually looking for it yeah can you locate people in Potron? I don't know. Like, if you want to locate a region mm. on someone, it's... I've never tried. Maybe I should try. So that would be kind of funny too, right? If, if I would they expect can run locators on you. I would expect the same message of as you get yeah. wormholes, but maybe maybe you can. It maybe probably. it's is, is it going to give back? So usually the the message you get from a locate agent is like he's in. Uh, system ABC in the constellation la 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 in the la 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 region. But is it going to say, is it Potvin? Or is it going to just say the old region or something, right? Who knows? Depends if the locator agent is very nationalistic. They're, they're, they're from uh, the Republic and they really still insist that Skarkon is in Molten Heath, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe he just doesn't want to, to believe it. No. I mean, the empires do still see like those systems as like their systems that are occupied right now. Hmm. I guess, yeah. But that's that's another topic for another show. Yeah. By the way, I mean, we're all positive and stuff, but like, what happened to the Edencom stuff? Do like, did they finally get some stuff out of it? Or I don't even remember. Yeah. I mean, for our standing, no. I mean, the, I like the Edencom ships, but that's not a standing reward. That's just friendly zappy boys. Um, we, we didn't really get much for our effort. <laughs> oh, well, that's something CCP should be maybe looking at, but yeah, that's part of the future best changes ever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Who, who got like a number three, uh, off grid links pushed onto grid. Mm, you know what? I had that discussion so many times. I'm not a hundred percent. Sure. I mean, it felt right and it still does. But if you think about it, the off-grid links also enabled like smaller groups, even solo guys, to have full links without putting it on grid, right? And being more yeah. engageable. So, but it yes. basically meant that you needed an alt solo, and it really yeah, kind of made things kind of terrible. Uh, and and have you, did you play in like factional warfare before they removed boosts? Like I, I have a, cool. I have like a funny, there's like a meme picture, right? Of like Huola, of me and Huola. There's 15 people in local. One of them's me. And then there's set, there's uh, seven like uh, OGBs on scan. So like literally every single person in there ha has an OGB and you literally needed an OGB to PVP, especially since the uh, links there were so much more broken at the time too, because they were more powerful as well. Yeah. Yeah. You would I... get six to a T3, right? So you would. It... It basically yeah. crushed people who didn't have alts. Um, so, yes, like the one person who had, and I, I'm saying this is somebody with five accounts. Like back then, it was awful, and having to put them on grid um, makes them it makes them so much more interesting. the The command ship isn't just something in a in a safe spot with a million ECCMs, so it doesn't get scanned. It's actually this integral part of the fleet that is that is there. Right. Like, I think it's just better in every way. Yeah. You know yes. What? It is good that they are on grid sometimes. And then other times I still cringe because my links get headshot by like 150 mutants. But yeah, it's mostly good that they're on grid, I think. But I, I definitely benefited 
back then just from having a smaller fleet of like probably like 30 dudes max it's way easier to spread those characters if they don't have to be on grid because you yeah. can put more people in other things i do agree right? i do agree though like don't get me wrong i do agree it was a good change i was just saying, yeah overall, like, there, are, there were situations where i was uh, i wish the off-grid links were still a thing right like when you're talking especially that sweet spot like small gang let's say around the 10 20 people mark that are trying to get a certain fight and you know you know there's sometimes i would wish we had off quite off-grid links so you don't you didn't have to you know put like a command chip on, on the field but you know it still works right so um still have like backpacks overall really backpacks. Positive. Yeah, you could and, buy for stuff and right? with command SCs being a thing now that they weren't a thing back then um like it, you can still have these like mobile things that can give you links and then leave. Right. True. True. You could technically, we saw that actually on a bigger scale too, like warp a cloggy T3 in, align back to your ping, decloak, boost, warp to the ping. And technically everyone would have boosts, right? So you could still do it and be pretty safe, but yeah, uh, that's way more work, of course, right? Yeah, Doing that could, for long I think fight, you could use a uh, Proteus, right? If you use like the... The warping subsystem. Yeah, that, yeah, no, the old modification one, and, and you used, I think, Nomads on a Proteus, you could get it under two second align. So the Proteus was like uncatchable, basically, because oh, it was really? had a cloak. So, like, warp in cloaks, like, uncloak, drop links, warp out. It's, and it's not, it used to be like old nullified, right? And yeah. I had a, before they nerfed the nullified, I think this was, it, so it had like a two second align. So it was impossible to catch it, and it could just like keep pinging and coming back. Yeah, the nullified changes, I'm not. Like to, I don't know, I don't like him. But yeah. well, we're supposed to be talking about best changes, exactly. Panda. We're not supposed uh, to talk about those. Uh, let's skip that. Forget I said anything. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else? I've got filaments on my list, and I'm sure, Satonia, you have them on your list too, right? Oh uh, yeah, sure. Uh, they what? They're on mine it, too. Yeah, they're yeah. they're definitely uh, really awesome. I'm not sure one bowler. <laughs> especially they're on my list because they came in so unexpected. Nobody asked for it. I mean, sure, there were like similar things people suggested before, I'm sure. But uh, when they came in as this Christmas thing, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, how can we exploit this? I was instantly jumping to that, of course. I'm an EVE player, right? Uh, and then I saw like, ah, oh, we can't really exploit it too much. It's kind of balanced. Uh, surely, Walmart space, you know, that part wasn't, you know, when it comes to filaments, wasn't like, um, isn't the greatest, but from a null sec, uh, low sec kind of perspective and getting to, getting out roaming, especially as a streamer, right, Satonia, you, you start in Jitter and usually you would be forced to go, like, where can you go? Like, yeah, hot space is close by, maybe fraternity is close by, but you wouldn't end up in Delph, you wouldn't end up in like Esoteria or something. You would always go to the same space, and probably right. But then suddenly you could just be in random space and see where you where you get like it's like it was mind blowing, really. Yes, I mean not just for solo, right? It's really good for uh, pickup groups too, because uh, like previously, uh, like you know, you don't really want to invite some guys into like your wormhole, right? If you want to like room with them. Like, if you're a small gang that's like, I don't know, maybe you're like living a wormhole, you don't really want to invite random people into a wormhole with you, but hey, but you can, uh, you know, just teleport out of Jitter with them, that's fine. So it also makes it like good for like, uh, you know, if you 
if you're rooming with people who are maybe like trials or something, like people who you don't really trust, but they're like trying to join your corp or something. So like a pretty fun way to like try them out without like having to give them access to anything. Yeah, or like, what was it? Was it yesterday when we when we saw each other? And I'm like, I came to like give you uh, give you a good fight. But then it turns out they, like there was like a camp and stuff and your mod was burned out. So I wrap your ship quickly and then we're like, hey, how about we just fill it all together, right? Just join the fleet and like we just instantly filamented and, you know, I mean, obviously I died at the end, you know, you kind of let me hang there, but hey, yeah. I'm just yeah. kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we do multiple filament rooms every week. It, it's really changed how a lot of people play the game. Um, we play like we play like a little game. Everybody guesses what region we're going to land, and I do give, that too. Sometimes give the winner a millionist. Everybody who played give the winner a millionist. I always guess Bell of the Silent because it it it's That's always cheating. You gotta be right, more creative. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, pick the one that happens the most. But yeah, I you know, it's just the the time it then it now takes. To get somewhere out in space roaming looking for targets it's just cut down so much it's just nice it's just like great that you know those half an hour traveling around looking where to go it's just gone you can just power filament and you're in action basically or can be in action sometimes you know especially in my case sometimes i land in blue space in certain time zones but in general one of the best That's things one of the best things ever yeah and then obviously the wormhole stuff i already mentioned huh? Man, I don't know why anyone like I don't know why the the filaments even work in in warmer space. Wormholes, yeah. I just don't get yeah, it. Yeah, I, I I'm very mixed on it, right? Like on one part, right? Like I do think it is probably nice for wormholes to have the ability to do it because then they're not limited. Like if you were like if you're living in a wormhole, kind of a small group, right? You might just have like a shit wormhole. Maybe you don't have enough people online to really like roll, or maybe you've been rolling for an hour, you got like nothing. But you like, don't have okay, to we roll. can just take a filament, right? So I, I see it there. But yeah, but I don't think the no sec ones are, are not, I don't think the no sec ones are really that pro problematic either. So I, I haven't actually heard any like wormholders complaining about the no sec ones really until they added the Potron ones, because the Potron ones gives you a really reliable escape, right? Because you can guarantee get back to high sec from Potron. Whereas, you know, yeah. if you, Use a if you use a wormhole, uh, a no sec filament to try and escape, like an eviction or you know with your crab fleet or something like, and you end up in the middle of delve, then you know it's not gonna work out too well for you, is it? So, but yeah. even even but, this, sorry, you go. I was gonna say with the border filaments from Potchfen, every one of the border systems is a Kaldari system. The few jumps from Jeta, right? Border scan the hole or or filament out again. And you're just safe, right? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. There, there's also a, a clay. I forget which one it is. I think it might be Perrin. I think that where there's there's like a constellation one where every single system has an NPC station. I think it's Perrin. So if you use like the Perrin clade, uh, like specific uh, like filament to go to trick space, you always land in a system with an NPC station, so you can always just dock up there. Yeah. But, you, so well, not comes... if you have negative trig center. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's yeah, really I hard to have that unless you actual Edencom. Yeah, Thanks. but when it comes to wormhole uh, filaments, I think it's realistic to say that even the smallest groups 
don't have a problem with like probing a chain into K space, be it high sec, low sec, null sec. It's so quickly done. They usually have that ready. So yeah, if you live in walnut space and you can't use any filaments, let's say there is a just code wise, it just doesn't work out uh, to limit certain citadel, uh, certain sorry filaments uh, from working there. It's a, they can only ban them all or none. Like yeah, then I would still say ban all filaments from Walmart space. If someone wants to roam out of uh, Walmart space, yeah, jump into K space quick and then use it, and it's gonna be fine, right? like yeah that's true i think also they could add like one thing that i think they could do is just add like a, a spool up timer to it of like 30 seconds for example 20 seconds isn't like a whole lot of time to lose if you, you know like having to wait 30 seconds for it to spool up is fine if you're just so you know a 10 a man free and you're trying to get content it doesn't eat up too much into your time right but if you're like trying to use it to to escape in a wormhole it's enough time for like someone to probe you and get addicted on you or something right I mean, 30 seconds is a bit tight, but it would be possible, especially with like ships like Marauders and battleships and these crabbing ships. Right, you can probe a battleship and warp a dick to it to it within 30 seconds. So, yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, it's also one of the concerns like um, people have in their own space. There's a roaming gang coming, let's say, to Fountain, uh, and they just warp to a save and fill them out, and you ha never had a chance to actually catch them, and that would enable them. But you know what's actually one fun solution that we talked about before is what if you could jump after them? They leave the trace and you can just right click and say, okay, I want to follow, right? And you jump wherever they jump. Say in, but you have to be precise with that too, right? I because feel like people would that could be abused though, Panda? So because that's, yeah, but people... that's, let, me, let me finish. That's why I said you have to be precise, but it would only go to the maximum amount of uh, things right so like let's say they use a five man filament then you would right click and it says well you can jump four people through and then you say okay we want to follow right and then you go but you can't jump like more than whatever it is because a lot of times they don't fill up the entire thing right so i like pando's solution better because i like the fact that when you're roaming around in null being able to fill it out discourages people from responding with overwhelming force because then you won't take the fight if they bring a hundred marauders against your 10 harbingers right but if if they can only follow you to the maximum amount of the filament they can't bring a hundred marauders they can only bring five right i think it would still be abused in some ways the panda right like what i would do right i'd say like okay we're gonna have like seven guys in interceptors and every single one of them is gonna open a 25 man and then whoever gets the best one we're gonna go in inside that one with the rest of our fleet mm. That's so a good so you could kind of like abuse that it that way, right? Point. That is a good point. Yeah, it's something I haven't thought about. Like, yeah, you would just two, do like two man teams, really, right? Like one covered ops that probes and opens the, the, the thing and then a dicta, you know? You just jump in, drop probes, warp to whatever you find. And, uh, you know, if someone gets a tackle power, you follow, right? But maybe if you say that's like a minute only, it's a little tight then, right? Then you like I I'm just looking at it from a fleet organization point of view. Like which filament, like you have to line them up. You drop containers with numbers on, and everyone's like, Oh yeah, everyone go to number seven, right? This is the golden <laughs> the golden filament is number seven. We got some attack. Uh, just the organizational part is kind of like interesting already. But uh, yeah, you you're right, actually. 
maybe you should limit that to like I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know. Maybe the twenty five man filament shouldn't have that ability, but then again, I don't know. Yeah, but then people would use the twenty five man ones to escape because they're just as the same price only as the five man yeah. ones. Yeah. They're cheaper than the five man ones. They are. Sometimes they always fluctuates a little bit, but they're basically the same price, yeah. It would be funny though to like like if you use like a five man one with like a three man like a four man fleet or something, and then they, they try to follow you and only one of them comes through and he just <laughs> That's why I said that's why I said and it has to say like hey, so so many people can still follow, right? <laughs> because otherwise you you said you're warping to the thing, you don't know what it is, right? It might be a five man filament, might be a twenty five uh, man filament. You're gonna follow with your five dudes, but only one guy jumps. That would be horrible, right? So that would, I mean, that would be the time to get get three friends, make a four person fleet, and like filament in front of the enemy fleets, and just see if one person <laughs> try to like bait it out, filamenting on grid in front of them. Yeah, I mean, I I do wonder. The exploit, if it's if it's overall still worth it though, if you could exploit it, like what would it look like? Would you actually do this all the time with like twenty scepters? Maybe I actually uh, probably I would probably do that. I, all the I time. probably would do it, but I realize that I'm like a turbo nerd, so I mm-hmm. would do it for like seeding stuff, right? Like it, like um, I don't care about like catching people. If I'm trying to like get like I don't know stuff from fade to like a new deployment in curse or something, right? I would just open like ten noise filaments with scepters, and then just take all the DSTs through. If you like, if you get a curse one, that guy just shouts and you warp to the curse one, right? And then you go through curse with like ten and you DSTs. You probably do with a shuttle. You just yeah. take shuttles and open that off. Um, that makes it a lot easier to move stuff around. That's like a really good point. Yeah, maybe someone. Someone has the wait a second. Styro has a good solution. Let me read this. You can you can only add double amount of the filament. So yeah, so if like ten people take it, then only ten can follow or something. But then, like the idea, right, is if you use one scepter, then only one person could follow. So I guess that would be a good solution. So then that way, like if someone's scouting just by taking like one ship through, then only one person could go there. So it doesn't really uh, change much. Yeah. Hmm. I'm, I'm not. Ah, that's sure. pretty smart. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be funny too, right? Because if someone wants to chase you and you're like, and you have like only got five guys or something, right? They can only bring five guys to chase you as well. So it kind of <laughs> makes them probably oh. like mess some people up. Now, now I get what you mean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would probably make sense. Yeah, but at the same time. But, yeah, people could use it to get 50 people through a 25-person filament, like uh, was said in chat. Well, and up to the maximum, I guess, but, you know, sure. Yeah, so I guess up, if you get 20 through 25, 25 could follow, because then it would be, like, the 25 max. Yeah. Guys, maybe we have to we have to keep working on this. But, if, hey, guys, if you have yeah. ideas for that, I'm going to totally pitch it to someone. If, like, if it's a fleshed-out idea, I, I'll pitch it. So I think CSP Aurora had a, a like a really good idea that was really similar to this, and that was like being able to follow someone for an answer blacks. Like if someone used an answer blacks recently, like the answer blacks like stays open for thirty seconds or something, and everyone can follow through at the same like full cost mm. or something. I was always thinking answer blacks, it shouldn't be ACL based. They should be either um 
everyone can jump through or it's password protected. Yeah. I think I should just, uh, I hate Antiblaxes personally, so. Well, I think if they you really need... destroyed a lot of small groups in Nullsec because it just means that travel is like pretty much instant and yeah, it, I... it makes like geography like way less relevant. But yeah, I don't Yeah, I, I kind of like the Panda. I kind of like the idea though of uh, making them password based because like the big groups, right, that have like passwords for Antiblaxes are obviously models. always going to be compromised. So then small groups could like, Use those passwords to like abuse the Ansiblaxes in their space. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so. But then I guess there would be bait Ansiblaxes that have like an, a ridiculous price. So people are like, "Ha we can use this." Uh, they are Ansiblax, and they jump through, and then they pay. They pay I mean, like... if they don't read what it what the pop up says, then yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, that's very Eve. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But it's just people a funny used to do outposts too, right? They used to have like, like. 800 million like repair costs or something yeah yeah, yeah, you yeah. just turn the repair costs up yeah. to, <laughs> to, some insane to... stuff yeah yeah i i think that would be probably the the, the solution when it comes to unsuplex because i think so as a nullsec like block group from our perspective it's also like we need to get places too right and to move leads from A to B, like you need to have those antiplexes. If you don't have antiplexes, I can't, I can't take these guys and take like fifty jumps into action. That's just not, it's not happening. I'm not gonna form it uh, at all. Then you know, fifty, like I don't even know, thirty plus jumps. It's just too crazy. It's just too crazy. You can't do that. It's at least that's what and I. Then what's your perspective then? Okay, so we had some fights recently in Cloud Ring between uh, when we were helping helping some friends out, and you guys were coming in and fighting us, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, what's your perspective on those fights in terms of Ansiplexes? I know this is way different than the topic, but I'm actually just curious what your perspective is because, like, while we're fighting, the dilemma that we have is we have way fewer people, right? And then you guys bring a fuck ton of people, and then it's very heavy tide against that. Well, I'd, okay, <laughs> a lot of times, a lot of times, a lot of people to the point where tie dye is super heavy there. So then, when we're fighting, like we are killing, 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 killing really rapidly. But you guys are actually able to reship people faster than we can kill you and get back into the fight with like, like there were several fights where we killed a hundred plus hacks, and you guys ended up with more hacks on grid at the end of the fight than you started with because the fight went on for like. 20 or 30 minutes real then, time no more than real time like 20 30 minutes tie dye time right so that's what i'm curious is like how do you balance the jump bridges i don't know well they one of them one time they were refed and you guys still made it in because you have to ref like three jump bridges to make it actually yeah so like depleted that's right? another point about jump bridges that i think is legit maybe there's too many maybe you should limit it per yeah. region or per let's say for example, regions have different amount of systems, right? Like, let's say Fountain is one of the biggest regions in the game, actually. So if you ha if a region has more systems, it should have, like, more ability of jump bridges. But maybe you can only have, like, let's say 10% of the systems can have a jump bridge. I'm just putting a number out there, right? Yeah. So maybe that would make sense, right? So you have some jump bridges, but it's not going to be, like, an insane, like... Uh, redundancy too, right? Like a, a very important jump bridges in our space. There's probably two going in the uh, same direction, just in case, you know, because we need to yeah, go. Just do uh, one per constellation or something then. Or that, and I'm or not that, saying yeah. that you guys are uh, wrong for using it. Like obviously, you want to use them the best way you can, and the best way is to just get super fast reships. But like there were goon fleets reshipping too from one DQ, 
which I think I did yeah. the math. It was they like twenty six. It would have been twenty six or thirty jumps normally, and they did it in like six jumps or something. Yeah, I mean it's insane, right? Yeah, especially Fountainess. Fountainess kind of unique in that regard. Yeah, just that one massive jump, uh, so you can cross that region so quick. Um, yeah, and yeah. Pappy does. To be clear, it's not like just an Imperium thing. Everyone it's, does, it's like yeah. a whole game thing, right? It's a whole game problem where like blocks can just quickly get across. Like block I think, Pe- yeah, Pappy do it in the south too, and if, in the north as well. Like where they can, if they give each other access to their jump bridges. I mean, it's like just a few jumps, but it would normal time it would be like 30, 40 jumps potentially. Yeah. Um, uh, do you know Jordan from Skill Yourself, Pando? He said the uh, answer blacks were actually like probably the main reason why they disbanded. Because they felt like they couldn't do their kind of like PvP anymore. Hmm. Yeah. Because because Pharaxes could just go like eight regions in like fifteen minutes. Yeah, I mean, I'm not uh, Antiplexes are actually not on my list of like positive changes because I'm I'm not sure. Like it's very hard to guess or like gauge like if like if it's like good, bad, in what regard, what's like how good, how bad, right? So yeah, I totally see your points, right? At the same time, we need to get places too. Like if you have like a big group, yeah. you can't just sit like in Fountain or in Delve or in Kalevala or whatever and just sit there and wait. But I do wonder too, what would it even look like without jump bridges if they weren't the thing? Yeah. I yeah. I do think part part of this also stems back to the current meta though. I can't like pin it all on just jump bridges being jump bridges I think are broken in their current state, but I think that also part of it is the meta itself, which is that you have these um, a meta that depends on mobility with with hacks, right? So like that you're going I think it would though, I can tell you that right now. I think it would look different though if you if if the meta was like battleships for example with their current warp speed and stuff, it would just be But that's why it, it's not the meta. I know, I know. That's what I'm I, saying. You know what? So it's both, think... right? I'm just saying. Just balance, let's say balance wise and isk wise. Uh, you know, we we take isk and um, and travel speed out, but just balance wise on grid, you're in a fight right now. You'd rather be in a battleship fleet than in a hack fleet. In a lot of cases, not saying not saying all cases, but in a lot of cases, but you have to get there first and. When you die with battleships, they're just pricey, right? It's like, and then you can't disengage. Yeah, yeah. You can't disengage, really. So it's like that combination is just like that just makes for this meta, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, also hacks being as strong as they are. I mean, there's a lot of reasons, right? But uh, hacks themselves, especially, I mean, not all hacks, but like mutants and eagles specifically being so the, the state that they are, right? There's not really many disadvantages to using them. Um, just creates this nasty combination with jump bridges. It's all I'm pointing out. It's kind of, it's it's everything. But I was just curious what your perspective was in those fights because from our perspective, we're like, well, I wasn't in. We're like, these. yeah, I know, but you you were there for some. I remember. I saw you. Can't hide. Nah, I was maybe in two of those fights, honestly. Yeah, yeah. The only fight I but, really uh, like joined like several times was like when we had like a, a junior FC forming and he's he asked for some help uh, oh, yeah, against yeah. trying. Gotcha. And then we tried to, you know, with the limited tools you had, and it, that was those were really good fights. But you know what's oh, also yeah. a shame? You know what's also a shame? This whole fighting with like try, like just from a political point of view. Oh, yeah. That only ha- like before we did something there, and we said like, oh yeah, let's have this jump bridge, which I, you know, I don't really agree with us needing it, but whatever. But before that, there was no content happening either. 
Right? It took us to go there and say like, hey, by the way, we want a jump bridge across your space. And they're like, fuck, uh, oh, no, we don't want this. I, so, I wouldn't buy that there in Nintendo. They were, they were having mm. fights. Tri Tri was having fights in Syndicate regularly. In, it wasn't, they it wasn't were having specifically, but, but like we didn't get anything from it. Oh right? yeah, so like our oh, yeah. neighbors, we were having good fights. Like if we show up, they would like a, a comp. They, they, you know, they're like, ah, eh, we don't really want to fight you. You're just gonna drop stuff or whatever, right? You, you, well, you have to go now. for something. I know, I know. Well, but did, did Doc try and say that he got tired of try tackling the Rockles? That's why they got evicted or something. I don't know exactly. Nah. I just know. I, I think there's a lot of that plays into what is it, said on fleet comps, right? It, it's not. It's not it's, one thing. But... Yeah, yeah. It's the political. It basically what happened there was some of our guys want the jump bridge in Cloud Rain because it gets them closer to Jitter technically, and it's just like a convenience thing. Kind like, yeah. all right, you're right. It would be kind of nice to have it. He approaches Try, says like, hey, how about that? You know, we take these two systems in Cloud Rain. We don't want to do anything, but we just want these two systems to have the jump bridge. But the jump bridge goes right across their space, so they're like, right. Yeah, I mean, it's really no, next no to their staging, and that's what and I they said too. Yeah, so there's so, no way, no, no rational group but, would ever accept an agreement like since, that, right? Since we're talking about jump bridges, oh yeah, they kind of drive conflicts, then, right? So maybe they're not that bad. Yeah. So there's, you know what, there is an aspect of jump bridges that I do really like, which is that it's a one timer beautiful love that if it's in your time zone that mm -hmm, is if you're trying mm -hmm. to shoot frat in your eu you're kind of you know out of luck but yeah. if you are eu showing another eu group and they actually time their jump bridge for the you know their time zone then that's a great content generator yeah yeah i do wish that if you had somebody uh pointed they couldn't jump through an anciplex kind of like how you can't dock at a citadel if you're pointed oh at so, the very yeah, least that's, that's the number one change i, I want to see yeah because i all the time, well, I'll find somebody sitting on it, like on an antiplex, like they just jumped in and they're they went AFK for some reason, and we'll warp over, and we just have to hope they don't come back to their keyboard because they'll just jump back, right? Oh, at the very least, um, capitals, because like, so the way they were sold at that point when they were antiplexes was player build stargates, remember? And but if you have a cap on a stargate and you get hit pointed, you can't jump. Not on Anciplexes though. You can jump your carriers from one side, reapproach, kill whatever, and by the time the other side has formed a dread bomb, which on a certain scale people are gonna be aware if someone's doing that, by that time they're already deaggressed, they can already jump back, and you can't do anything about it. Yeah, you can maybe catch a couple at the end, right? But on a grand scheme of things, it's not realistic to think that's the that's a way, but you know, you can do this. Letting you saw it in this war recently, right? You can just jump back and forth then. You know? Yeah, I, I yeah. wish uh I, I think it would like add a like a more interesting dynamic too, if you can take like a jump bridge while you're bubbled as well, because then you could have like cloak dictors slowing people down and like waterboarding people and answer blacks. So like if you have if you know that they're gonna come from a specific answer black side, you could have a dictor like cloaked five kilometers off from like the direction they're gonna come from. And as soon as they land on the answer blacks, so you like dictor decloaks bubbles and then you trap their fleet. For two minutes while they were all until they can like smart bomb your bubble away or something, right? But then that the person who smart bombs it, or if they kill your dictor, right, they get an aggression timer, so then they're stuck there anyway for like at least 60 seconds, even if they like smart bomb and kill your dictor or whatever, right? So it, I think it would like add a lot more options to like smaller groups because yeah. you could you could waterboard and slow down bigger I feel groups. Like we're off topic. A little bit, a little bit. A little. But one thing I yeah. want to say about Anciplexes too is the jump in range, right? So you jump in 
and you're so far away from it, it's just so safe. It's very hard. It's yeah, impossible. Yeah, the model is so big. Exactly, the model uh, yeah. is so big. It's like a regional gate. And yeah, but so Panda, that's imagine, imagine how you know. Remember when you did that thing in Curse where you anchored like a large bubble off of every single gate, and I think <laughs> yeah. uh, Pappy had to burn like an hour back yeah. to Delve through like large bubble Man. every gate. They hate imagine that on every answer blacks as well. That'd yeah. be great. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they you can do that now. Them. You just <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if there was no if there was no Ansiblex and you would have to do like fifteen jumps or so, man, fifteen large bubbles on the way in, and then fifteen like out gate and fifteen in gate, man, you know how much time that is. You you know how, how much you can delay people with it. It's craziness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, I only brought it up because uh, from my perspective, when we were doing those fights, I, we're like sweating. Like, okay, we're like losing like one ship at this rate. They're losing like five at this rate, but we need to degress and get the fuck out of here because like don't, they're retreating so fast. To me, I wasn't in those fights, so I don't know what actually. You would, I'm, you, Pedro, you, I'm, I'm sure you guys you in one of those slaughtered fights. us because right? <laughs> okay. you're just like. <laughs> but yeah, I I was no, probably in one it, or two fights. It, yeah. I'm just saying it's a it's an interesting mechanic with with how easy it's like because we abuse it too right obviously we abuse it all across Declan and yeah. Fade and stuff like we get across all the way across Pure Blind from the edge of Declan and instantly it's so, nuts. All right, let's then let's finish the answer black stuff. It's gonna be in the future best changes ever. Uh, does uh, did we not bring up every like our top threes? Did we go through all top threes or does someone have a point left? I mean, you probably had some more points than three. I don't know that we ever we'll even go, said we'll three. What what were your three worth? I'm trying to remember now. I had I had one lined up and then we talked about two or three like two all of you know so many different ones already. Um oh, oh yeah, my third one was gonna be there was some there was a time and again I think this goes back to like two thousand thirteen and it was uh they rebalanced battleships and the Megathron got a tracking bonus and like they changed the nightmares to an afterburner bonus and like they redid all like they did a lot of the navy battleships. They did rattlesnakes. They did a bunch of the pirate battleships. There was a really extensive tier side with those as well that I really loved because it really brought those to the forefront too. And yeah. uh, we had a lot of variation in pirate and navy and T1 battleships being used like all across Eve during that time frame as well. That was tons of fun too, and Tech threes at the time. But the big thing was the tier side. That changed yeah, was Kronos, really right? That was Chronos expansion, I think. There was Dominion in yeah, like 2009, and Kronos was like 2014. I think that's when they like actually may have been. Off, like a yeah. lot of the shit ones like Blood Raiders. That's when like the Geddon became a drone boat. And, yeah, that as and, well. Yeah, they changed and, like, up the so Typhoon many things. became amazing. The oh, Typhoon MJD. Amazing. You know what? I don't have MJDs on my list. Oh my god! You didn't play Bushdessies and Command Destroyers. I forgot those actually. Yeah. Oh, what do you do? I mentioned them during the links, but yeah, Command Destroyers are amazing. Yeah. Yeah, being able to swap clones in the same station. You know what? Just for the off chance, any CCP like, if you save this drug, no matter how, you should lose your timers, right? If you are in a new clone, but no, if you get shot and killed and you wake up in the same station, then you get rid of the aggression timer. But if you save this drug in the same citadel or station. Then you don't get rid of it. It does not make sense, right? So every time I fill them into the blue space, I have to travel back to break home, warp to the fucking Sino Beacon, saying local, hey, someone kill me, to then get uh, killed quick enough to wake up in the station I'm just sitting in, or was sitting in in a second, a second ago, to then get rid of the timer. Man, come on, right? 
I think if you if your pot dies, you get rid of the aggression timer. I think that would be just like a solid thing. Yeah, I I agree with that. Like it doesn't make much sense that if you kill yourself in station, it doesn't remove it. You have to you have to wait the two minutes of self destructing your pot um, or whatever. Yeah, it's weird, but you know, hey, another point for the future. This changes over. <laughs> Did we mention skill cues existing? I've I've got a long list, but we're also almost at the end, right? So I could run Did through you some the controversial points. ones now, right? Can I, I mean, we did filaments and and like uh, controversial ones now. Uh, IS boxer being banned because mm. that changed changed things, right? Because before, like every alliance had to have like a guy who was really good at multiboxing bombers with IS boxer. I would agree. Yeah, that's pretty nice. You know what's actually surprising that people forget always grid expansion. Right. Like the grid was tiny back then. That's one of People's the do crazy things with grid boo. Right? Yeah, that was like a game changer. Sure, some people are like, "Oh, I miss the old, you know, stuff like messing with the grid and stuff." But man, it didn't feel oh, right. Man. You know, you, uh, Panda, did you ever have this thing? It was like really awful and like intosis grids for some reason. Where like there were you could like into like the grid would only be like ninety kilometers around or something for some reason on like an entosis node, and so like you'd have have something where you'd like burn away and you'd just like go off onto a different grid with the two hundred fifty km range in entosis. Yeah, the the like the grids on average were like two hundred fifty to three hundred kilometers, right? But I found them like a lot of entosis grids for some reason. Uh, I think it's probably because there wasn't a celestial there and they're just like a random grid, right? Yeah, like. Because the node spawns spawns in like a random save, like the the saves the the spots where you you could go off the uh, edge of the grid very easily just by burning like ninety k or something. It was really annoying actually. I used to go off the grid all the time. It's so rare now. Like sometimes citadels will stretch out grids in weird ways, and you end up going off grid somewhere. But like I'm always surprised because it happens so rarely now. Yeah. Um. But it used to be like all the time, and that that was that's a great. A great change, honestly. Alright, then the next one on the list. So I don't know if we talked about that. The sino changes, did we? No, actually we didn't. No, no, we did it. I think that was a really good one. Thank God. Yeah. I, I agree. I yeah. that. I think we yeah, it used to be so much fun when an FC would just follow you with a malediction that you couldn't interact with in any way that had a sino yeah. fitted. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Sino could be on anything: a maller, a Corvette, a malediction. Now you just know. Uh, if a pilgrim or something is following yeah, you, at least pilgrim. you know, right? right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Or the worst thing ever was just the sinos on like two second line interceptors because there was just no way you could ever like catch them and stop them. And they could just like follow you and shadow you the entire time. And there's nothing you can do about it, like at all. Yeah. I am Except... glad they added the um the mobile uh, observatory, sino mobile oh, sino fields sense. for um just so it's easier to move people, but it has that spool up time so you mm. can't drop people with it yeah so you don't have to like whelp uh recons to just move what about sino jammers which should be somewhere on the list too right that's super impactful uh, they were kind of shit it. though weren't they when they first came into the game it wasn't until they like buffed them that people started using them because well i mean we still use them but they used to be like 400 m3 right so they're like really yeah. impossible to put in anything unless you're like in a command ship or something an fc command ship and you specifically yeah. like made room for it it was like really hard to just have one in like some guy's scepter or something, which was really yeah. annoying. Some guy in a zealot can't just have one. 
it has to be like some guys specifically making room in their cargo for it in a ship that doesn't need cargo like a damnation or something but like when they reduced the cargo on them and like i think they made it take one minute to go online instead of two minutes or something as well that was like a massive change because before with the two minute timer right it was like so easy for someone to just put a sign up but the one minute actually added like a ton more pressure it's especially when rockers still had signers and stuff right that was like so um weird like yeah sure i put the signer in it up but he just hits it before it's online and then it's a 10 minute signer cycle so it's going to be up anyway so by the time his panic would run out then his signer would go down so like it's like the same time so my it, it doesn't even you know make any sense but those changes were pretty good so um i like it and then the next one that we probably like that everyone uh, likes is time dilation sure you don't like time dilation when it happens but it was good for everyone to be in the game because the the only uh alternative is lag and lag isn't good right so i think that was like super impactful and positive um and I think that no one can really argue with that one, right? I think we don't even have to explain why. Yeah, yeah like oh. the game broke without it. Like stuff wasn't registering that it was happening. Exactly. Well, you just get black screens as well, right? Like before, like you just could, if you weren't preset up in a system, you, you would have to like, if you had to jump in, like you would li literally half your fleet would just have a black screen the, the, the whole time. So like um, it made a lot of a lot of people like unwilling to fight, right? But now with time dilation, I think there's still like a huge disadvantage of jumping into someone preset up, but it's like more because of you know what they have preset up rather than oh we're gonna get black screen coming in. I yeah. still I still hate doing anything in time dilation, but it is much Everyone better does. than not having it Everyone for does. exactly people of, of of that size. I've I've heard some people say they like it because it gives them more time to think. But that's why it's terrible I, I it is interesting i can tell you i've that. never it, thought in my life it is it, interesting. It's terrible if you it's terrible with like siege timers and stuff right because like the five your five minute dread siege timer turns into like 50 minutes basically so like everyone and their dog can like come and gank it you know what it's uh it, it, it's it's obviously good for the game and necessary but at the same time it's also uh it it, it reduces the skill cap in like every way in, in terms of fleet fighting right yeah like, you don't have to you don't have to you don't have to be on the ball ever broadcasting or hitting your ADC or, yeah, or FC as well. It's like the easiest thing. I can fall asleep FCing tie fights. It's just so boring. Hey, remember I remember when Triad Carriers had to be like uh, played by like someone who like actually knew what they were doing on like a really good PC generally. And now like Faxel is basically a requirement for like any capital group. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just so like easy and brain dead to yeah. use a but fax. Still, to say, like, that is obviously necessary, so it's just not fun to play when you have it, so. On a big scale, like, when you when you have, like, really big fights, for example, um, the the boson trap, the Operation Enho kind of thing, right? The coordination yeah. at the time and all that stuff. Um, in Tida, everything goes so much slower. You can, you can time it to a degree, but it's, like, it's not as reliable to time logins and all that stuff, right? So it's, like... It makes certain things actually interesting in those large fights because they're all so slowed down. You can actually discuss with an FC team what you want to do, right? That's why, obviously, also the, the whole M2 disaster thing was a little bit of a mystery to me, to be, to be honest, because like everyone had the time, like, discussing things and talk about, like, what would you want to... That's the solution, but 
you know, in certain in a certain sense, sometimes it's kind of interesting to have tie-dye and have it slowed down. But I think overall, it's fair to say people would rather have no tie-dye. I mean, imagine those big fights that we had in this last war with zero tie-dye, everything runs smooth. It would be a game changer. Stuff would die just on a scale you wouldn't believe, right? That would like, yeah, it would be insane. So yeah. Maybe one day okay, we'll it wouldn't be as like horrible as well, right? Because instead of like a fight taking like sixteen hours or something, right? It would be yeah. like over in two. So yeah, if even, if even, I mean, the more people involved, the more kill speed is there. So st stuff would probably be like after half an hour, you would probably know what's up. Like they'll bail, they'll bail exactly. before that gets to that. One point. side is eating too much shit. Like after half an hour, the fight would be over. So, this is a yeah. different psychological thing with tie-dye where you're like, yeah, I'm losing some ships, but it's not that bad because it's so that is slow, also true. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like and when you're killing, so. it's like, yeah, yeah. Just, like how you many can just times? Stay. Yeah. Yeah, how many times no, no, you no, fights like with like 1,000 plus people and then at the end of the day, it's like 30 people died and everyone's like, sure. You know, it's like a small roam that, that really was I mean, lucky, you know? Like the hack meta too, kind of. It's like you wipe out like a full like a full bombing fleet, like 300 subs dead or something, and it's like 30 bill. It's it's like 100 really bill, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the the biggest bombing event ever, that was 145 bill. Right? That's all. That's the biggest run ever. And nobody, like, they, they, they to even have so much shit in that one spot, that that probably won't even happen again, right? Yeah. And that's only 140 bill. It's not that much, really, if you think it's about like it. It's like a Titan now, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah, right now it's a Titan, right? It's like maybe a little less, to be honest. Titans, I don't know what the price is. But, and and it's really yeah. nothing because it's just tax. So it equates to nothing. Like, it's weird how we went from scarcity where we've got, or like a normal yeah. times where like losing this didn't really matter to then you have scarcity. And it's like, well, as long as it's just tax, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Hacks or T1VCs is all good, bro. But other than that, I do have another interesting one that a friend of mine said earlier. Just a little one, but gun grouping. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Group guns. That's a very good one. Uh, that probably helped would with pick, fatigue, uh, or with uh, um, dilation too, time dilation. Yeah. Did we say fatigue, by the way? Uh, jump fatigue is somewhere on my list too. Yeah. Yeah. I hated the. Obviously, people really it's hated the, right after the first that. version. Yeah. Oh, when it was like a thirty day max uh, blue timer. <laughs> it was rough. It was that was rough. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jump fatigue. ESS. We talked about filaments. We talked about skill queue. We talked about briefly. Then I've got multi buy, multi fit, multi contract. Also, pretty much oh, a God, game yeah. changer. Like, Multiple just think about that. Yeah, for like an alliance guy trying to seed stuff, you had to fit every ship. But then again, I think some people enjoyed that part too, right? It's like a Care Bear kind of activity. Like you're not like all that impactful, but some crazy people were out there thinking, okay, I'm doing stuff, I'm helping, right? And, uh, you know, that was very much appreciated uh, at the time. Even but like man, is that a good change? <laughs> Even like smaller oh, yeah. scale than than uh, big alliances. Like I used to run public faction warfare fleets, and I'd buy a hundred punishers at once, and I really enjoyed not having to fit them all individually. Yeah. And, yeah, and before that, I guess, or at the same time, being able to save fits at all, right? 
Oh yeah. It's like there was a time where you couldn't even do that, and then you started to be able to say fits, and there was like a cap on how many, and they expanded the cap. Hey, fits, ghost fitting, right? Simulating, simulating corp fits. fits? Oh yeah, ghost, man, yeah. alliance fits. Yeah. yeah. Simulating yeah. fits in game. Yep, exactly. Ghost fitting. That's what I mean. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's all stuff we took for uh, take for granted now. Uh, then yeah. skill queue. We already. I mean, we brought that up briefly. Not too much to talk about, I guess. People used to have to wake up. They have the alarm clock to change their skill. Yeah. Before yeah. before updates, they set a long skill because stuff went exactly <laughs> exactly. You got to bed. You better have like a, a long skill, Battle especially at the five, beginning. Yeah. 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 There were reminders oh, before yeah. every patch. Remember to set your skill queue. Uh, Destroyer and battle cruiser split into racials. What? Destroyer and battle cruiser skill split into oh, racial right. variants. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's that's a bit of a controversial one though, right? Like yeah, I like well, because I got free SP because I had BC five and destroyer five and I can't this one happened, but Yeah, I was cool yeah. with it at the time because I was you know. Um the someone yeah. that, uh, for new players to have to like train like every destroyer and battle cruiser whole individually. There was someone who said uh like like uh Oh, what was it? The SP protection for your clones, right? Oh yeah, the uh, oh. skill point loss and death. Yeah, remember yeah. that. So I, I like that, but I also don't like that because it was always satisfying if you knew for a fact that you just killed somebody who is going to lose skill points. But... Or he had to pay 40, 50 mil at least every time he get gets points. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, that, that was horrible though, because it basically prevented you from like flying like anything that. Like for me, especially right, like I used to play Tyrannus a lot, and like my clone would literally cost a, like more than my Tyrannus. Oh right, yeah. yeah. yeah there, there would be no reason to fly cheap stuff in Nullsack back then, um, as like a small, small gang solo player. Because if I'm soloing in like a cruiser, like a T1 cruiser or something, my my pod was way more than my my cruiser. It's not worth it because I'm gonna die like a hundred percent of the time, right? Yeah. At that point. I think it was a fantastic change. Um, uh, I'm sure 99% of the people appreciate the change. I just, I just remember a few satisfying moments where I knew for a fact that somebody just lost a skill of some kind. Oh yeah, you have a spy on comms, and you know that FCs like crying because they just lost like a advanced weapon upgrade. It happened to me so many <laughs> times. I gotta say, like, so many times I lost like Reek in five. That was always the skill I always wanted to have on five, right? Obviously. Um, yeah. So like, man, I lost that skill at least like. 10 times or so because like yeah. when it, it comes to, be... to the clone stuff and learning I, I don't pay too much attention and it's like yeah so horrible. Eve was a little more unforgiving than I guess I guess uh, a little more brutal and I think maybe more people around who took satisfaction and really the, the ruin of others yeah alright um, uh, blobs buff and conduit jump pretty solid changes I think everyone likes those uh, clone it's up funny, uh, it's funny uh, the way like some other people have been using it too to like jump like other people's stuff. That out. is true. I uh, thought that was the funniest it. thing. Yeah. When I saw that happen, I was like, oh my god, that's funny. Um, the probing changes. You remember you had to drop probes yeah. on like planets and triangulate and shit. It's like, I don't even know how Oh yeah, works. do you remember the old like times it used to take the probe to Pando? With like max skills, right? Um, It used to take something like 48 seconds that was like with perfect skills uh, yeah. but uh if you were a new player um it would it would like the base time was literally 10 minutes so oh if you just have like God. frigate level three and like level three skills or something it would take have to wait like six minutes per scan 
And if you didn't have Astrometrics 5, you couldn't drop all the probes. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh my god. And you had to drop probes one by one, you know, yeah. click your launcher. And it was chance based too, remember? So you like you could like the the like combat probes used to be like have fast cycle times, but they were like really had like really bad chance based thing. So like you'd literally like spam them and have to like wait like ten times to get like a, a target, or you'd have to use like the yeah. quest probes, whatever they're called, the four mm. exp- expiration ones to catch people. But then they then you had like a two minute wait on on those, so it sucked. Insane. Uh, Aoeds, I think everyone has heard those stories from back in the day. Aoeds, then DDs on subcaps that was ridiculous. Or uh, I was talking to um, Mr. V actually. He reminded me you could, as a Titan outside a force field, if you knew the password, you could doomsday something inside the force field. Yeah. So that was so, like, there were so many ridiculous things. Or, like, AOE DD through the Sino, not even jump yourself and stuff. I mean, ridiculous stuff, right? So, that stuff definitely good changes. Uh, tracking Titans. Um, you know, were a thing, then got uh, nerfed, luckily. Then we got Hot Titans a couple of years later. And I was like, dude, did we le- learn this lesson? What the fuck are we doing here, right? So, but Hot Titans got removed too, so we're good Level on that part again. Cavalry missiles where they'd speed it's up on the my ship list they, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Bosun's yeah. uh, getting nerfed too, uh, pretty good as well, I'd say. Like, at least Bosun's versus subcaps. So it was cancer to. To have to like have a ping on every single gate when roaming. Yeah, it was uh, it was too insane too. Yeah. Then war deck changes, I think. Oh yeah, um, those were really good. Pretty good. Yeah. The short. Then now we're getting into controversial, like at least slightly controversial area. Yeah, these aren't best changes ever. No, but yeah, like, they're I'm... just like really nice. They, well, exactly. I mean, the war deck change actually, like not for specifically for me, but I think for like people who just wanted to have like casual corpse, it was a huge uh, change. Sure. So like, like before, right? You'd you'd have to be like in NPC corps and have a chat channel together if you didn't want to get war decked, which you know obviously yeah. like any small casual corp would. But now and, at least you, like, if you don't own a structure, you can't get decked. It's also really nice on like holding all corps or something. It also gives counterplay. Like if a group is war decking you and you need them to drop the war deck because you want to form an alliance or something, uh, you can go sh- shoot their war de- war HQ. There's like there's like a target you can an objective you can win yep. if you want to force end the war. I think that's a really good change. Yep, yep. Then short range ammo buff, right? So I'm very specific. That patch where the, the patch it was in was the, what, what, what did they call Surgical it? Surgical strike. Surgical strike, correct. The brawler's paradise, like, uh, you know, I'm not sure. Awful. Don't ever put short... that in the same sentence no, 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 as no, no, best no, no, changes no. ever. Yeah, yeah, but like, I'm, I'm talking specific, the short range ammo buff. I thought it was okay. a good change. Just the short run. But, I love conflict. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, but there's also discussion about like smaller groups and not like being able to tank less because of it. Not only the resist, but also the short range ammo buff. So it's like, you know, I'm I'm assuming some play styles would still suffer, but overall, I think it was a good change. Uh, I have a question, Panda. What would you think if they if they reverted the resistance nerf from Surgical Strike, but they made the diminishing returns on like remote reps like? Uh, more harsh than the, what they are now. Do you think that would be like a good change? I I think so then it would... rev- first of all, reverting the resist changes definitely, right? And then the the logi stuff. Yeah, why not? 
I mean, um, at the moment we don't have uh, redemptioning returns on normal logis, do we? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's like a, a, a an amount cap, right? Like once you get like forty thousand DHP per second or something, that's when it. I don't know the exact number when it. Yeah, and then in. you only get ten percent or something, right? Yeah, it, it like scales down the more incoming reps you get. I think I think the numbers are something like it takes like twenty guardians to proc it, but yeah. like once you have like more than like two faxes or something, it procs. I don't, I don't know. I think the logic parts. I would just go with the resist nerf, um, like remove that and then see what happens and then go from there i think i think that would be a fair thing to do um i think that combination of those changes was a little bit crazy because like if you do several impactful things at once you don't really know for sure like what is having what impact right now is it a combination is it that specific one is it this like so you know that's you know same with the ess and the brm kind of stuff like why do this together why not do just the ess first and see what works and how it works adjust the ticks or whatever and then go with the brm on top of that later on but um yeah i don't know how the combination would work exactly to be quite honest yeah well i'm kind of thinking like if you if you gave the resistances back but then you like kind of nerfed like the incoming remote rep by like a similar amount maybe not as much it would like make it like better for like smaller groups without impacting like the balance in capital fights as much because mm. you know like uh one of one of the problems right before right was like you needed like eight dreads for to break like one fat or it was like six to eight dreads right well, i think it was six before because that was before the dread like buff in the surgical yeah. strike where they buffed up the t2 ammo for dreads but like before, I think it's like for every like one fax you had, it tanked like six dreads on a titan or something. Before, when there was like no diminishing returns, so like if you literally drop like thirty faxes, like you could tank like a full like two five six dread yeah. dread bomb. What I always talked about there is um, wouldn't necessarily go with diminishing returns based on the rep amount that's coming in, but on the amount of rep modules activated. Because then that gives incentive for like faxes to fit faction reps, because then you can squeeze more rep power out of it, right? Um, but could you just put like a like bunch of up, like small reps on to make more no, what? reps on? So what you would do is then, uh, like if if there's a certain amount of rep, you would always count the the ones that rep the most, right? So those would apply so on so much percentage, right? Let's say the 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 rapper that reps the most has a hundred percent, and the next five would only rep like ninety percent, and so on, right? So that's how I would see it. How I would stagger it, but you know, I don't know if that would would add to complexity and therefore tie dye, right? It's always a uh, a thing too. Um, but yeah, that's I don't know. That's the approach like I would have taken maybe, but I don't think that's the issue. I think the resists thing was the issue in that patch 100 percent yeah. um, maybe they should, they should revert the risks and buff small gun like so close range ammo even more and yeah. <laughs> I, i'd be down for that i don't know as long as the resist nerve is getting reverted i'm probably fine with whatever comes with it to be quite honest like everything else peanuts to be to, at least it feels like it i don't know I could be wrong. That would be like 
in terms of best changes ever, although they put us in the situation that would be like the best thing they could do right now. Just revert that resist yeah. nerf and uh, you get so much more out of the game just instantly. Yeah, and uh, like I'm pretty sure they, they must be looking at this. Um, they said they were. Since, yeah. So, um, CCP uh, said on Reddit that they were at least, so if yeah. you count that. Oh, yeah, in the, uh, uh, the Declarations of War podcast, I think Snorri brought it up. That they were looking right. at surgical strike. Then, you know, in the category of like best changes ever, like best future changes ever, right? All right, then my last couple yeah. of points no multiple MWDs. We talked about that shortly. You used to be able to fit several MWDs, insane, right? Then, remember in like 2006 when there was like seven different ways you could increase your speed? So the old orcs rosters used to be like MWD speed and overdrives. Uh, oh, sorry, polycarbons reduced your mass, so they weren't like stacking penalized <laughs> against like anything else. And then like the old nanofibers used to reduce mass too. So yeah. so you could like you could go like uh, nano overdrive and then like orcs roster like rigs, and you could go like six k a second in a Dominix or a typhoon. Yeah, and then I think the last. Funny. The last point, uh, maybe the monitor and the... Uh... Ooh, I don't know about that, Matt. Oh, no. Fuck monitors. I, you know what? Not every point here is like from my list. I'm, I'd never fly monitor, really. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't, I don't want to... I don't take no legal responsibility for these suggestions. No, like for most of them, I do. For most of them, I do. The okay. monitor uh, is regarded on the FCs as like a positive thing, though. I gotta say, most people—it's uh, frustrating to be like you put a shit ton of time and effort in, right? As an FC of a of a bigger group, then you enter the grid, and every ship on your on grid that's yours gets instantly headshot. I mean, it's very yeah. You know, I I can see it. Okay, so okay, so it's definitely beneficial in some ways, right? Yeah. But it also fuels like a lot of really bad mindsets among FCs. I think like yeah. when you see a monitor and there's like. 20 dps ships on grid that's a fucking joke it, oh, or you like you see a fleet uh, with with five monitors in it were you there when we were like doing a nano gang against like x death and we literally had like 14 ships or something and they brought like a, an 18 man caracal gang or something with a monitor <laughs> yeah exactly you see what i mean yeah it's just it it i think that i don't know if it's i don't i don't know if monitor itself is the cause but it definitely is part of an awful mindset among FCs these yeah. days where it's like, but, so, I have to have a monitor else or I might get headshot by these 10 guys. Like, I don't fly in super big block fights. They're almost, I can count on one hand the amount of fights that I'd worry about being headshot if I was like in a command ship. It's like people bringing monitors to like 20, 20 versus 20 fights are nuts. You're just losing yeah. ship. I gotta, no, I a, gotta say, hilarious. it depends. Like, it always depends on who you're fighting, right? So the only, re like, the only fleets I ever fly monitors in are those I actually FC, or I have to like be the anchor, or um, I expect at least to fight like around hundred dudes and mutants, because any cruiser size stuff I would field, or like battle cruisers if it fits in a comp. You would get yeah. zonked, right? And then you're off the grid, and then you have to have an alt and all that stuff. And then I usually fly weird shits, right? I don't fly munins or whatever. 
So then there is like very few FCs that could take over, if any, really, because it's like a weird thing to fly. Like, let's say last Gila's, right? For those who have ever seen yeah. those. It's like, I would not, I don't think I would be able to, to fly them in a lot of cases, really. So, yeah, I, I get that, and yeah, there are times I've tricky. I've used the monitor, but I, I I loathe using it. I hate it. I absolutely it's so boring for me because I'm used to being in a ship where I'm gonna be able to contribute something to the fleet besides just calling targets and anchoring, if that, right? Yeah, I and totally see. I totally see the negative points about, and I and I personally uh, try to avoid flying it whenever I can, but I cannot deny yeah. that it has uh, like positive impact input to like is it more positive than negative i don't know i don't know i'm kind of on the fence on it to be quite honest i've got one for you I that might be controversial doing. as well which is uh again it goes all the way back to that that rebalance time of like i don't know there was a ton of iteration at this time i guess around 2012 2013 hmm. i think it was when they rebalanced all of the medium-sized long-range weapons artillery rails beams you know, missiles and everything actually i don't know if they touched missiles but they definitely touched those three turret platforms and they reduce the fitting costs and they like they increase the damage and hmm. change a couple other stats and basically made them the meta and it wasn't adopted instantly it took a little while for people to uh to start doing it but um uh, but it made that's what made rail probes possible beam but isn't that a bad change like that, then right? I mean, I medium, know. medium weapons have been the meta since then right? i think that was the inferno right. expansion and they nerfed heavy missiles in the same patch so uh okay I don't remember mm. exactly, but yeah, it, I, and I don't know if it's because uh, it's weird because I've had so many good fights with those platforms, right? Like like tech threes with medium beams and fucking rails and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's horrible in terms of the actual balance between short range weapons and what we have now. But they are also fun, so I, you know. I see what I was gonna say. Like in the case of like. I like heavy beam lasers on like a harbinger, but like when you when you do look at like the giant fights with all the mutants, like that is problematic, right? right. And it it oh, really yeah. depends on where you are, how you see that. Like if before you surgical in... strike, right? Like didn't like a like a meet like a two hundred fifty millimeter like like rail gunship like did like like only ten percent less than like a, than a blaster ship. Like when you have like antimatter in both of them, so it's like kind of. No reason yeah, there was short range weapons. It was like beams on everything, beams and other long range weapons, because it was like the same damage. Cert, um, the short range ammo buff was amazing. The con flag and hail and all that. Yeah. All right. So now, actually, there's one point that's really like close to to myself, and fits the obviously it's called FC chat, right? And that I want to bring up, and that's the the last point. And then we, I think, actually, we a little bit over over the time, but hey, <laughs> which is fleet structure and fleet finder, right? The fleet structure of like having to move your boosters to like one on fleet command, one on wing command. If you want a third type of boost, you need to um, move them to like squad command positions, and then those guys would only yeah. be the guys to warp. So the FC would have to be in fleet command. So he has to be in a command ship. And it's like, oh man, it was such a mess. And then someone dies, and the other guys don't get the boost dropped down from the other dudes. And you had to have the skills. And oh my god, like True. complexity yeah. for yeah. complexity. Yeah. Sake. Hand, hmm. Is that the the person in like the wing command position didn't used to get the bonuses from the fleet command position? Oh yeah, 
don't even remember all the details. We, we right. found that out during like AT practice. Like the person in Wing Command like doesn't actually get any benefits from like people with links in Fleet Command. I mean, that's some. That was just such a mess. Every time you form a fleet, and then first of all, yep. you have to you have to sort everything out. There's no quick form five minutes. No, no, no. Just take it slow. Yeah. We're, like half an hour of sorting people. Who has a command ship? Like in bigger fleets, man. And then the fleet finder. I'm not talking about the new version of it, which is also pretty cool, right? For like um, public fleets and stuff like this. But we didn't have a fleet finder. You couldn't. You, you couldn't look for exactly. You would have yeah. to get invited by axing up in the channel. Join up the X me channel. Yeah, yeah but Tando, I'm sure you use this feature as well, where you can. Uh, your application has to be approved. I'm sure you go through every single init member as they apply I, to your fleet. Right? I certainly don't, but yeah. <laughs> that fleet structure change is, is gigantic because now you don't have to worry about what the fleet structure looks like and you can invite people from like other groups as squad commanders so they can invite their people. And it doesn't matter because everybody's still going to get the links. Yeah. Somebody uh, talked about in your chat about multiboxing, by the way. And uh, he's asking what you think about it. But I think that uh, without multiboxing, Volta would be like really screwed over. I mean, we, we would not be able to take so many fights without multiboxing. We would be mm -hmm. done. We, we could not like stand a chance at some of them. Because there are fights where our mains so, are like a third of the enemy. But with multiboxing, we make it like two to one instead. But you have to see it like this. If we're talking about there's no multiboxing, obviously there's no way to do this. But let's just assume nobody can multibox. Everyone has just one character. It would be a way different game. So you would have like all like Volta would be way yeah. different. So, um, you know, can I you imagine being an FC panda where you can't control your own probes and you have to have a dedicated guy to probe for you. And if you want to move a jump freighter, you have to have like a different guy with like oh every single God. midpoint sino. There's so many yeah. roles in this game that are just almost designed the multi box where you wouldn't want to do it as just the yeah. only thing and. Yeah, that's the thing is it, the the groups that are better at it can can max out the multiboxing quite a bit more than I don't want to just call it blocks here, but uh, we'll call right. it a block like like in it for example. You know, a large a large alliance with like ten thousand plus members, right? I assume yeah, that we probably multibox more than the average in it member, but I don't know for sure, right? But we generally, you know, some people are gonna be up to like you know quad boxing, like yeah, you know, it's interesting actually. I just sometimes. I just recently like started the Alchar um, uh, utilization initiative in, in yeah. it to push for more people to multibox because like there's some yeah, easy yeah. roles you can do on the side and people are not too comfortable with it because they don't have to we usually have the numbers right but it would be nice if we have a, like a full fleet of munins would be nice if I had also had a full fleet of bombers right Man, yeah I, see I'd rather you guys it. not multi-box both things because it's it's insanely easy to multi-box mutants it's actually terrifying to think if like blocks are truly multi-box like fucking four mutants in those tiny it's also fights, easy that's... to multi-box the bombers because they you know actual yeah. time of like a couple of seconds i warp them in and then right. just, like click the magic button Ugh. guys and get out and then focus on your minion again right so yeah, yeah of course yeah yeah, I'm pushing but it's that a, a little bit, I guess. It, it's, it's a necessary thing for, for us specifically. And uh, I think blocks can mostly get away without doing it, but I'm sure it's always useful, right? Always useful thing. And nobody's yeah. going to complain about competent multiboxing. Although you might be a little sad if you like just leave your links behind or something every fight. But... I mean, yeah. like Starfleet losing his ult like every fleet. Yeah, the only way we get a good I fight is if Starfleet sacrifices his uh, prober right at the beginning of the fight. 
It's a it's a meme in uh, in Ennis. Like it's only like we only get a fight if I lose a scout, basically. Yeah. Every uh, fleet I lose a scout though. I feel like every alliance has a meme like that because yeah. uh, we, we even Alexis Mataria has a meme where it's only a real fight if Deeb's alt dies because his alt gets killed every. And now with NPCs fight. on the gates, one of the worst changes, by the way. Just saying. Oh, for you maybe, <laughs> yeah. For for <laughs> lazy multi-boxing NPCs, right? Horrible. Oh, you like tab out of your saver character, tab back in, and it's fucking dead or farmer <laughs> or something. So ten gate rats. You know what? I've got a sound gate. alert for people. They can just say like, when I don't pay attention, I've got my alt on the screen, and then they can say like, check your scout. But I yeah, always I'm... get it when it's too late. It's like ah, I just died. You know, Panda, Sometimes I do that. I give you that notification on your stream just to distract you. I, I just do it for fun. Wow. I don't actually want you to check your scout. I just do it. Thanks. Oh, this is the meta, right? You you constantly yeah. do it, and then he uh, eventually like knows that it's just someone fucking with him, and then he yeah, just <laughs> he yeah, maybe, maybe Perfect. you you make me lose even more scouts. Yeah. You're basically that's basically the war on the Imperium. We have to evict you. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's alright. Somebody will finally do it. Then. Come on, hurry up. Yeah, somebody evict us, please. I'm begging uh, you, guys. But I think. We are at two hours. Usually we aim for like an hour and a half. Uh, but it was it was great fun talking about all these like old school changes and uh, to just think back of like what like what dumb stuff really dumb stuff was in the game and like how things yeah. worked and stuff like this. So um, yeah, thank you guys for uh, for coming on. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. And uh, yeah, we should do it again with the with the best future changes of all time. Yeah, so in ten years, then they won't be the we'll future. Do a, we'll do I a hope decade not. rerun. I hope, I hope next week. All right, maybe maybe next week, like we get a a death block, and that's just like the best ever, and we instantly have to say like. Man, Everybody get your crystal balls out. Yeah. yeah. If if CCP Rise reverts surgical strike patch, I'll I'll come on here again next week and I'll say he's the best dev ever. I'll send him right. a Starbucks gift card or something. I'll do anything. Just fucking revert it. Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna do like a 24 hour party stream if they like touch citadels. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> it's gonna be like you know. Yeah. But yeah. good. What if they buff him? <laughs> yeah, what if they buff him? <laughs> yeah, then you, you won't see another stream. Honestly, wait, wait till I they add Void Bombs it. back. I don't think I could take it. I don't think Re I could. Reintroducing Void Bombs I, I to deal uh, with mutants. I, you remember when they was going to add the GTFO module, like stand-up version of it to keep stars? Oh my god, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they should add that to Astro Houses and Afnos. Yeah. I want a fourth time run Citadels personally. I'd actually love to have four times. <laughs> but a really long Why don't we get Citadels one? jump drives, guys? Oh, yeah. We could just jump our keeps us onto... onto oh, you, know, you know, like in StarCraft 2, the Terran can have their, like, you know... Their, their building is going to die. You know what? I, I got to stop you guys before you guys give, like, CCP any ideas. They're like, oh, actually, right? It's like, oh, my God. But, yeah. Yeah, guys, Citadel should be able to use MJDs too, man. So then you can like no scope like your photos are onto someone and PDS stop to it. kill them. Stop it. I'm gonna mute you. I'm gonna mute you. Guys. Should I able to PDS through a sign out. Thanks for coming on. I'm gonna I'm gonna send these guys away.
Thanks for coming on. Thanks for hanging out, everyone. Um, special thanks to Mew, Ash for the host, and Cyro, uh, thanks for the bits. And guys, see you guys on the next one, right? Friday. I'm not sure. It's probably going to be the Parchment um, edition, or maybe Faction Warfare. I haven't decided yet, but we'll see. All right. See you guys around. Bye-bye.